The Beauty Biz, brought to you by serial entrepreneur and aesthetic clinic chain founder, Esther Fieldgrass. Your regular insider peek into the beauty and wellness industry. Hi, Esther Fieldgrass here, founder of the EF Medispa aesthetic clinic chain. Before we get started, I wanted to say a big thank you for the support and feedback we've had from the first episode. It's been really great. Thank you. If you missed it, do please check out my chat with the fabulous Aisha Awad from Cosmetics UK. Today, I have with me Libby Wallace, one of my favourites. Libby is an aesthetic nurse who does all the injectables at EF Medispa. An expert in cosmetic injector, Libby mainly works with Botox and fillers in the clinic and is known for her expertise in non-surgical rhinoplasty, something people are looking for more and more. I wanted to have a conversation with her about the myths surrounding injectables. We have a ton of questions from clients and our social channels, and I can't wait to ask Libby so many of these questions that clients have been asking me. And without further ado, I really want to introduce Libby, who's here with me today. So Libby, come on, tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, my name's Libby Wallace, and I'm an aesthetic nurse prescriber. My background is in the operating theatre, and I decided to make a career change in 2012 to work in the aesthetics industry. So I've been doing a lot of courses, training, continuous professional development to get to the stage where I can treat a multitude of age-related changes in the face. And so today we're going to demystify a few things in the aesthetics industry. Okay, when you say you're a prescriber, explain to me what that is. Is everybody a prescriber? No, as a nurse, you have to do an additional course at university to prescribe. But you can't prescribe anything. You're limited to your area of expertise. And mine is to do with the skin. Ah, oh, fantastic. So let's demystify some of these questions that people are talking about, Botox and fillers and PRP. Could you just give us a bit more information about that so people know what they're actually putting into their skin? Right. So Botox is a neurotoxin. Botox is a brand name and the active ingredient is botulinum toxin type A. So the brand names are Botox, Dysport, Azalur and Bocature. And they all work the same way. They're all neurotoxins that basically stop the muscles from moving. I, I find that people are often confused about the Botox and the fillers. And they often come in saying they want Botox when they actually what they need is a filler. Yes. So I think if you could you know, just tell people a little bit more difference between them and how they work. Right. So the Botox stops the muscles from working. So and where would you use that? So you would use Botox in... Um, the traditional areas are in the frown lines, the forehead, and around the eyes. Other areas that you can use them is in the chin, in the neck, and under the arms to help stop sweating, excessive sweating. Okay. They're common areas to be used. Dermal fillers, we at EF Medispa, we use hyaluronic acid, which is um, a substance that's naturally occurring in the skin. And the hyaluronic acid that we inject is treated so it lasts longer in the skin and it's used to add volume to the skin. One of the questions I often get asked is about long-term hyaluronic acid. There's some fillers that are out there that will last up to a year or longer even. How do you feel about that? Well, um, the product of Juvederm Voluma 
lasts around a year. So it's a product that was generally used in areas like the cheeks and the chin. And I think that's an acceptable length of time for the product to be in the skin. There are other products called Redies and Alonce that are collagen stimulators and they last a lot longer than say your hyaluronic acid fillers. I just need to see a bit more research and be comfortable with the side effects of that before I would use them. I've always been very nervous about long-term fillers. Mm. Um, I think my main worry is if somebody's injecting and maybe they're having an off day and they don't get it quite right, you're stuck with something that's going to last a long, long time. Is there anything you can do to rectify with the collagen stimulators like Alonso and Radius, not really. You so have, you're stuck. You sort of you have to wait for them to um, slowly um, degrade. Whereas hyaluronic acid, you can actually um, dissolve them with hyaluronidase. It's an off-label use of the drug, but it works very well. Yeah. And so, what happens if you actually dissolve it? It's an enzyme that actually enables the body to get rid of the hyaluronic acid. Our body has enzymes to degrade the hyaluronic acid anyway, so it just speeds up the process of okay. getting rid of the filler. Doesn't sound great. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Libby, you actually mentioned about sweating under the armpits, which I believe is called hyperhidrosis. Yes. Um, I know we have a number of ladies coming in for this, and now we're getting some more men. But can you explain the process of this, how it works, and what actually is happening, how long it lasts? So the um, Botox for hyperhidrosis affects the, um, the chemical transmitter that enables the body to produce the sweat, and it blocks that, so it stops the sweat from forming. So it's injected into the areas, say, under the arms. You can use it on the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet as well. Palms of the hand and the soles of the feet last around three months. Treatment under the arms lasts around six months. I mean, I've, I've seen hyperhidrosis being done with the Botox under the arms, and that doesn't look painful. Um, the hyperhidrosis under the arms uh, can be made more comfortable by using a local anaesthetic cream for 30 minutes before you administer the procedure. So it's um, it can be made a very comfortable procedure. I've found in the hands and the feet, it's more difficult to administer the local anaesthetic creams and is therefore the treatment's a little bit more painful. Okay. Mm. And are you doing a lot of this now? Probably more under the arms, only occasionally on the hands and very rarely on the soles of the feet. Mm. So let's talk a bit about PRP. They call it the vampire facial, but PRP stands for? PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma. So it's a high concentration of platelets in a small volume of plasma. Basically, it's one of the components of the blood. So during the procedure, the client will have some blood taken. It will be spun down in a centrifuge to separate the red blood cells from the plasma components in the blood. And that platelet-rich plasma is then injected into the skin or, say, the scalp for hair restoration. But this is not a filler, is it? No, this is not a filler. So when it's being injected into the skin, it's actually, you call it skin rejuvenation, is to, to make the skin look fresher? Will it firm it? What will it actually do to the skin? 
Well, one of the things I haven't mentioned is that the platelet-rich plasma contains a variety of growth factors that when, when it's injected into the skin, it stimulates the collagen, improves the texture, the firmness, radiance and hydration of the skin. I've heard a couple of things about PRP recently where people are actually, or doctors, nurses, are actually using PRP alongside the hyaluronic acid to actually stimulate the skin more while they're injected? Yes, yes, that's becoming um, very common. So you've got the hyaluronic acid giving the hydration to the skin and the PRP with the growth factors stimulating the collagen um, production. So together they, they work probably very well together. Fantastic. Mm. I'm talking about lips now. Uh-huh. I know, and lips are always quite a sensitive topic. Have you seen the Kardashian effect with the lips? You know, since the Kardashians been having these super big lips, have you seen a lot of people coming in? Yes, I, I do find younger women wanting bigger lips. I think it's sort of slightly changing as they get a bit older, but it's the younger girls on their Instagram accounts as well. Do you think this is going to stay that way? Or do you think people will get fed up with it? I think in general there is a big shift towards um, a more natural looking lip. I think it happens as they get a little bit older and can see that it's not really age appropriate to have these big lips or it doesn't suit their purpose anymore. Ah, And now with the lip fillers, they've also actually got uh, lidocaine in, like an anaesthetic in, so it doesn't hurt so much? Yes. Most of the time we... Um, put a local anaesthetic cream on the lips because as you said it's very sensitive and with the local anaesthetic in the dermal filler it does help with uh, pain relief. Fantastic. So Libby here's something a bit controversial. We've been reading recently about Superdrug offering injectables in some of its stores. The treatments seem high quality and the standards of practitioners um, and client care is sound but I'd love to know what you think about the concept of offering a lower price injectable treatment? In my opinion, someone who administers Botox and fillers needs to be a prescribing medical professional, conducts a consultation, adheres to standards of their governing body, maintains patient safety, their continuous professional development, and they need to be able to recognise and treat complications. And in my opinion, all this comes at a cost. So whereas people may be initially starting with a lower price, I'm not sure that it's sustainable because you're not buying the product, you're buying the experience of the person treating you. I mean, how much is your face worth? Exactly. So Libby, do you think having cheaper Botox is going to encourage more younger people to come and try it? I personally am not very keen on that idea, but what do you think? I, in my practice, have a lot of younger people asking for it anyway. And um, if there is an indication for it, I think, yes, to treat them. So maybe you're right. Maybe they might want to try it. But if these people, like everyone else in the industry, they will, if there's no indication, they probably won't treat them. Is there an age limit? What starting age for Botox? For Botox, anybody above the age of 18 can consent to any treatment. But it's more about indication than age. If 
someone comes in um, who's 24 with not a line on their face and they come in for preventative Botox, I won't treat them. If they have lines and wrinkles on their forehead because they've been out, had too much sun, been on sunbeds, there is an indication, but you would, I would always counsel them about good skin care, protecting their skin from the sun in addition to that. Ah, so when people come in and have Botox, and this is going slightly mm -hmm. offline, do you actually recommend that afterwards they have they use certain products? Not products in particular, but if they're concerned about aging, I will uh, talk about um, skin treatments that will help. Um, say, for instance, chemical peels, microneedling, laser, if that's what they're wanting to hear about and then to back up with cosmetic uh, moisturizers with the correct ingredients it's not just the um, skincare products it's the correct ingredients to treat uh, the indication because this kind of leads me on to my next question um, we have a number of clients coming through who are always worry they're going to look a bit strange after they've had injectable treatments yes yeah yes so how do you actually say to somebody this is what you're going to look like or this is what's going to happen when you have an injectable treatment? First of all, it's all about facial assessment and then understanding the ageing process and understanding the underlying anatomy. And most people who are, have never had Botox or fillers before will do it in a staged process. And in that way, they won't look strange or scary afterwards. Okay. I mean, this again leads back to the topic of cheap injectables. I mean, we've recently seen a lot more people coming into the clinic that need fixing. Yes. You know, off they've had an injectable and it's gone wrong. Yesterday, two of my clients said to me that the first time they had Botox, they had a terrible reaction to it. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because people are frightened about having Botox and suddenly their eyelids drop or whatever. Yes, that's all about um, patient assessment and giving the correct dose in the correct place. So it's all to do with the practitioner's education. The thing about complications, it's even an experienced injector can have complications, but it's knowing how to treat the complication that is the most important thing. But it tends to be that the more experienced you get, the less of those types of complications you get. I had a conversation, actually, at lunch yesterday mm -hmm. with a couple of girls. And um, one of them said to me that they thought, once they start on Botox, it's a bit addictive. <laughs> and I kind of looked at her and smiled. I thought, well, yeah, you know, because once you see yourself without the lines, then once the lines start coming back, you think, oh, no, they've got to go. Do you hear a lot about that? Do you see a lot of people saying to you, once I start, I can't stop, can I? What I see is um, most people, when they f have their first treatment, they're extremely apprehensive. And once they've had that treatment, they say, I should have done this years ago. So in that sense, I can see that it possibly can feel like it's a bit addictive. But I had one client say, she said, it just makes me feel happy. So, I don't know, addictive, happy, it's, <laughs> it's quite interesting. Each person gets something different out of it. Yeah. yeah. No, it certainly makes me feel happy when I don't see a line there. Oh, <laughs> I tell you. I've noticed recently that there's a lot of new things coming onto market. 
I mean, one of the things that I recently did with you is something called Profilo, which I love. Yes. Now I'm a bit addicted to that. <laughs> yes. Do you want to just talk our audience through Profilo, what it does? So Profilo is a high concentration of hyaluronic acid injected into the skin, and it's purely for skin hydration to improve the radiance of the skin and the elasticity of the skin. So it's really a skin treatment. And it's two treatments one month apart and it lasts in the skin the treatment lasts around six months so that's the time I would say to have another treatment and it works very well with other treatments that we have at EF Medispa like microneedling laser IPL chemical peels just to name, just to name a few it's not exhaustive you can combine it with most things now a lot of people talk to me about bruising when they yes. have injections or any form of injection. I'm a bruiser. Yes. So what do you say to them? When you're administering an injectable, you cannot give 100% assurance that there will be no bruising. Uh, with Profilo, you're less likely to bruise, but you can you can still bruise, and particularly on the décolletage. On the face, you tend not to bruise so much the neck you probably more likely to bruise than the decolletage but I always counsel people that bruising is a side effect I mean you know yeah for anyone that's listening out there one of the things I've learned or a couple of things I've learned when you're having injectables is stop omega-3 at least a week before you're doing it because it thins the blood and makes you bruise more and take plenty of arnica. Start taking arnica a week before as well. Arnica gel after you've had your injections really does help. Mm. Yeah, so here's a tip for you girls. Top tip. A real good tip. You're listening to The Beauty Biz with Esther Fieldgrass. So Libby, here's a couple of questions from some of our listeners. This is an interesting one, actually. It's from Danny, who lives in Surrey. Can everyone have injectables? Potentially, everyone can have injectables. Um, the During the consultation, the um, practitioner will go through a series of questions. So the people who won't be able to have injectables will be people who are allergic to any of the components in the injectable. Um, there, if there's any infection around the area that's going to be injected, And if they've got an autoimmune disease that uh, delays their healing, that's probably not a good idea to administer injectables to those people. Yeah. But otherwise. We have had people come in that have HIV. Yes. That's, to me, that's absolutely not a problem. As long as you take the precautions, that's absolutely fine. Okay. And depending on their... um, the medication they're on and the HIV status, I would always ask that. And they, they are very good at telling you. Yes. Okay, that's great to know. Here's a really funny one that one of our listeners asked about. Do you think having injectables is anti-feminist? I'm not sure how to answer that. <laughs> but I think it's a very personal decision. And as I said before, like, I've got one client that said it just makes her happy. And I'm not sure that it's about it's it's about the way she looks, but I don't think that that's anti-feminist at all because psychologically, if it makes her feel happy, 
and she can get on with her day with a skip and a step. I see no problem with that. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, there was one more question. Is, yes. Are you seeing more men coming through for injectables? Yes, I am. We were just discussing that earlier. I have a lot of men for Botox, but I'm seeing increasingly more men who are wanting to look fresh and are seeking dermal fillers, especially in the cheek area. Good for them. Yes. So thanks for joining me today, Libby. It's been truly fascinating. Thanks, Esther. It's been a pleasure. And for those of you listening, please tune into our next episode when I'm going to be talking with Victoria Cooper, an ARC-registered colonic hydrotherapist. We're actually going from the face to the gut. Really important for the skin. Come and find out more. And as ever, if you like what we're doing here, please subscribe, review and rate us on iTunes. It would be much appreciated. Bye for now. Bye. The Beauty Biz with Esther Fieldgrass. Follow EF Medispa on Instagram. And to find out more about us, go to efmedispa.com. Produced by The Podcast Company.